See, this is the real secret of life, to be completely engaged with the here and now. Everybody wants to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. It was all a dream. Today is about the power of you. You've now entered the Human Derrick Podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is just a brief what's up before we get into the actual episode. I'll make it pretty short, give a shout out to a sponsor, and just a little bit of a preview of what's to come because I know that some people, when they look at a podcast and they go, whoa, this thing is two hours long, like when am I going to sit around and just listen to it for two hours? So I've had a lot of conversations about podcasts recently and it's super interesting. People will listen to them in chunks. That's how I started listening to podcasts. I think I started in 2000, I think 16 ish. Yeah, 16 sounds about right. Uh, and I would listen to like, you know, 15 minutes of it while I'm doing the dishes, another 15 minutes while driving, and like over the course of a week or whatever, end up, you know, crushing a longer podcast. So uh, I will give a little bit of a preview, but yeah, it's uh, it's cool. So welcome to the, welcome to the show. Uh, first, I got to give a shout out to our main sponsor, the one and only shady lion coffee that's shady like the shade tree and if you're under the tree it's a shady area s-h-a-d-y and then lion like (laughs) that's i think they're probably a little more ferocious than that but it's shadylion.com if you drink coffee and you have not tried shady lion coffee you're really missing out i mean that's all there is to it um there's a bunch of roasts that they offer. They offer this really cool thing called Swiss water decaf. For those of you that are decaf drinkers, they've got USDA certified organic coffees. Um, the One of the big ones that I just, I personally have fallen in love with over the last, like a little over a year since I started drinking it is the Sweet Lily. It's a, it's called a signature Ethiopian. So anyways, I don't care what kind of coffee you drink, but if you haven't tried Shady Lion yet, you should definitely give it a try. Go over to ShadyLion.com. They do free shipping on all orders. It is really good coffee. It's super wild when I sit down with people and they try it or they drink it or they told me they've tried it. The number one thing that I personally hear from people is, I didn't know coffee could be this good. I didn't know coffee could taste this way. There's a there's definitely levels to it. Just like there's levels to anything, there's levels to your coffee. So whatever you're drinking, that's cool. I hope you like it, but give this stuff a try. Um, you'll be surprised. It's pretty sweet. So um, today's guest, super amazing. Her name is Sarah Moore, and she is a, uh, gosh, what do I call her? I mean, she's a coach. She's Uh, I don't know if expert's the right term, but health, wellness, fitness. She's just a badass person. It was so much fun to sit down and talk to her. Uh, I roll back through the episodes just to like clean up anything. I don't don't really do a lot of editing. You guys know that these are just raw and mostly uncut. I think I ended up trimming about two minutes out of this just because I I think it's cool that um, you don't have to, you know, craft something in a particular way. Like this is just unfiltered. The only two minutes I I pulled out was just kind of a random like uh, pause, right? But you'll tell instantly from listening to her talk, she's just a really good person. Um, There were a lot of laughs. We talked about all kinds of things. Um, For those of you that aren't like really well-versed, there were some terms in here like gear. So if you don't know what gear means, 
Um, that's steroids. So there you go. And uh, we went deep as well. We went pretty deep. She is a really open person, and uh, it was a true pleasure to get to sit down with her. So here we go. <coughs> perfect. That cough was the perfect level <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just yell in there. Okay. Cool. Um, well, awesome. So got salt. You ready to go? Salt. Let's do it. Salt. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> um, glad you can come by. And Same. Glad I could amuse you with Instagram reels of yeah. me getting annoyed, or annoyed, destroyed. I was not annoyed. It was actually quite fun. It was good. I have that weird gene where when <laughs> you're just getting destroyed at something, it's kind of amusing at the same time. You kind of have to, you have to laugh at it, you know? It's like when you trip and fall and there's nobody there to watch and you're kind of like disappointed. Oh, so do, are you someone that laughs at yourself? Yeah, 100%. That's good. I think we, we yeah. have to. Yeah. I'm like laughing, usually laughing at the pain at the same time it hurts and it just feels a little better mm-hmm. most of the time. I think that's a, that's like a good way to get through life. Yeah. Otherwise, it just sucks. <laughs> was a, yeah. I, I mean, because, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that, quote, unquote, hurt. I got air quotes going here. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite, like, moments at that was uh, around last Thanksgiving. I was hanging out with my nephew. Mm-hmm. And we were just playing around in the streets. This is in downtown Austin. And for some reason, we were having fun, like, kicking this little street lamp thing that made noise. And I tried to do a jump kick, and when I landed, slipped because it was wet, too, and ate it. And it was, I had a massive bruise for days. It hurt, but I was laughing as I was falling because I was like, oh. Yeah, like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> and it was, and it made so many other people laugh when they saw it, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, cool. Just have fun with it. Yeah, I'm like the clumsiest, probably, trainer person ever, and I think... I've gotten hurt like at least twice at my gym and it's hysterical. Like every single time I squished my hand in between a leg press while one of my clients (laughs) was uh, pushing on it and I couldn't, I didn't want to make a scene. So I was like, I'm going to stop, you know, like just looking at her, like stop. And then she thought that meant stop with the plate all the way up. So she didn't know my hand was on the other side. And then I just pulled it out and realized it was like swelling up and I just ran out and my poor client was like so sad. And she's like, what happened? I'm like, "Uh, I'm going to cancel today. And, but I was like laughing because I didn't want her to like think that she actually hurt me. (laughs) Yeah. And then walked out and luckily it wasn't broken, but I definitely bruised my hand. Wow. That's like a dangerous machine to get caught in. Yeah. And it just was lack of sleep and just was doing too much and not paying attention, not being present enough. And that's what happens when you're not your fully awakened self. (laughs) You're just, you make mistakes. So that caused me to like dial things in a little bit better. But I was literally laughing like hysterically because it hurt so bad. I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> like, and then just ran out and she was just staring at me like, uh, she didn't even know. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't Gnarly. serious too. You said there were two. Is there another one that was pretty good? Uh, they're pretty good. You know, a... there's been more than two. I think it's just me <laughs> tripping over things and just not paying um. attention. I'm just really clumsy. If I'm not spilling my coffee on something, like I'm definitely tripping over something else. That's good. That's why we're black all the time. Yeah. Just makes this was like the only white shirt I own. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a, I've been reading like a lot of different stuff lately. I've been reading this book by, it's called a, The Way of the Fight mm-hmm. by a guy named George St. Pierre. 
this mm-hmm. uh, MMA guy. Have you ever heard of him? Or? It's familiar, yeah. I'm just not familiar with him. He's like a, mm, I don't know, like a, like last generation kind of fighter, but mm-hmm. really just well known for being like a nice guy, a good guy. And he's telling about talking about one of his fights, and you know, you said, uh, you know, not being present, and he's mm-hmm. talking about holding this guy on the side of the cage, and then he sees a beautiful woman in the audience, and then. <laughs> And he gets distracted and he realizes it's Cindy Crawford. And then okay. he's like checking out Cindy Crawford who's holding this guy on the cage. <laughs> then he looks to, I think he said to the right of her, whatever, he looks to the side of her and it's her husband. And he goes, oh my gosh. And he's going, processing all these thoughts. And he says, okay, I've got to get back. got to get focused. I'm checking out Cindy Crawford. And he goes, oh no, Cindy Crawford's husband came here to watch my fight. And now he looks mad at me because he can tell I'm checking <laughs> out his... <laughs> And then he's like, I had to regain focus to get back to the fight. But that's a crazy, I mean, you have millions of people watching that. You're And you're still not high in, it, in it. It's just humans, yeah. right? Like yeah. we, I don't know. We just get distracted by things. It's fine. Yeah. But at least he processed all of those thoughts like in that short period oh. of time. I'm sure that was like within <laughs> seconds of like, oh shit, like this is happening right now. Yeah. That's interesting. That's super. You wouldn't think that, you know, sometimes you see fighters or someone like that or whoever like on stage and they acknowledge something but i always didn't i didn't think of it as being distracted more so as they did it on purpose that is a good point but not the case yeah i feel like we all do that especially and i feel like that happens too when you're just like working so much i feel like you get distracted more because you're just trying to find reasons to not be focused on what you're doing Mm. so i feel like sometimes i can just be a human subconscious thing you're just like oh i need a distraction that's fair yeah, too. That could happen. Do you feel like uh, attention can be maybe a muscle in a sense that you can Ooh, that's a good point. build it and develop it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I feel like that has to have an intention behind it too. I feel like attention needs intention. Yeah. And if you don't have like intention with what you're doing, you're going to get distracted easily. Yeah. I th- for me, I, bl- I believe that routine actually mm-hmm. keeps that focus and kind of force and momentum going in a certain direction mm-hmm. and it's not that you have to be you know super ocd on it but having a sense of the direction you want to go in if, if you don't carve that path mm-hmm. then the attention can go anywhere i think i'm routine but the problem with me is i i get bored so mm. i'm like a gypsy spirit by nature i don't like staying in the same <laughs> place all the time so routine i kind of like I am routine to a sense, but I'm not as routine as I should be to be able to do the things that I need to do sometimes. Like I go in and out of it. And so if I'm doing like very redundant routine things that don't have like some variety in them, like with jujitsu or like training, you get a little bit of flexion because it's not always the same. Mm -hmm. But with like your little daily habits, if they get redundant, I feel like a lot of people are scared of that because it kind of feels like work at that point. So you have to like make it fun too. Otherwise it ends up being like something you're going to fall off of. Yeah. That's like, it's why they talk about gamification and things like that. There's a, a mentor, a guy that taught me a lot and he would always say that will bore you to success mm-hmm. because he, I mean, he's a very, very like high achieving person. And he says that, you know, basically anything that you do, mm-hmm. that part where it starts to, to suck or be boring that's the part where when you push through it, the good stuff happens, right? I know. I know. It's like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a repetition. Yeah, but we, it, I think a lot of people are afraid of it because they're like, oh, it's, it's the same thing every day. And it's like, well, you have to remind yourself of why you're doing the same thing every day and what the 
intention behind that is. Otherwise, you just get lost in doing it. You make it a repetition, then it's not fun. You have to have like your like the reason why you started doing it in the first place, like as a constant reminder, whether it's like writing it literally on your mirror every day or like just keeping a conscious reason. I think it's it's just hard. I think a lot of people struggle with stick sticking to their routine. I think that's the difference between the, you know, folks mm-hmm. that operate at a certain level in life and just the, yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk, talk a couple of, bleh, bleh. talk a little <laughs> bit about my, ah. Uh, speaking of repetition, repetition of speaking helps, especially English clear words. So, um, talk a little bit about what, what you do and your, you know, just, yeah, share a little bit about yourself. Um, okay. So I run a small group of women's, like it's, it's a women's community inside of a public gym and I've never, this isn't, this part of what I do is new. So this is like, Um, I'm used to just being a trainer and being independent and having that training. I've had my training business 12 years, but I've always been like an independent coach. Like I've never worked under anybody else or had, you know, a situation where I was working with public in that sense. Like I've always just had like private gyms that I've worked out of and now I'm in a, a public space and it's really interesting. The dynamic has changed a lot. Um, (laughs) you're just dealing with people. It's just like a different, dynamic and it's not bad it's just something that's changed and like evolved and it's actually for the better but it's it's made me more self-aware of like how people operate just watching people interact with each other and it's really easy for them to get like distracted with what's going on in other people's lives when you're in a public gym and you see the same people every day feel like there's gossip and things Uh like that that happen so I'm not used to that I'm used to being independent and just working on my own and having my own progress bar in my business so now that I'm in a place where I have like um like my own facility so to speak it's it, it's really just been an evolution and kind of like push and pull like I have to be like aware of like how things move and like things change all the time. So right now I'm I'm technically a trainer but I also um do an online coaching business so I help men and women throughout like um everywhere I have clients like in London and uh, Miami, Seattle. So they're kind of all over the place and it's all focused on just generally being healthier. Like before, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, weight loss. You know, your I think your business changes every, you know, few years, like things evolve when you change. And for me, it's just overall working with people at like a mental level more than anything, because if you're not working on yourself, like physically, it, it's going to reflect mentally. And a lot of people think it's backwards. Like, oh, I don't have the motivation. Oh, I can't, you know, I'm not ready. And it's like, no, you have to just like do the work. And then you start getting more motivated as you do the work. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a book I'm holding up called The Work. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool little, you could check it out later. This, yeah. this artist guy is really cool. His name is, uh, I don't know how to say that right. Raman Nazar. Raman Nazar. I think that's right. I think it might be right. I found him on Instagram and he has all this like, I mean, it's kind of like out there looking art in some sense, Illustration. but it punches you right in the face with goodness and just like Love that. the reality and weirdness of life. Um, and it's the, the work motivation is weird because, mm-hmm. you know, going back to the routine thing, even they say simple stuff, right? Lay out your clothes the night before, like just, just show up. So you said 12 years. Yep. That's a, uh, so what is it? It's 2023. I'm trying to think back that far. So it seemed 
when I think of fitness 12 years ago or even 15, 20 years ago, it was like, you know, you'd get men's health and then bodybuilding.com was like <laughs> yep. the, the <laughs> resource. The yeah. Mm-hmm. What, um, and then, you know, NASM and things like that have mm-hmm. been around for a while, but it, it seems like our research and do that also in air quotes, cause that's a whole different topic, but what's supposed to be healthy and good for people. I mean, what's changed in your opinion in the last 12 years? Um, I, de- I mean, obviously social media and the digital part of it has like definitely glorified it, which is actually a good thing. And the media media is actually catching on to it. And they're, I don't know if you saw the story that just came out recently. It was like local news stories were saying people are dying from 50% of people that over exercise are dying from stroke. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious right now? And I think, I think they're starting to catch the pharmaceutical companies are starting to catch on that people are actually getting yeah. healthier and that it's, it's like, it's a good thing to be aesthetically, you know, working on yourself because it, it reflects in the inner you know part of yourself as well. And people are doing it for different reasons. But I think way back when it was like, oh, it's just working out. Like, it's not a big deal. People, you're either a bodybuilder or you're not. Like, Mm -hmm. there really wasn't, like, a lot of exposure to what it was. So I think a lot of people just stayed away from it. So, yeah, there were, I feel like there were way more obese people back when I first started because people just didn't know what it was. So they were like, oh, it's it's working out. It's a whole thing. I have my kids. I have this. I don't want to do it. Or they're too sad. You know, it's just like so many excuses. But now I think the good thing about social media is it's like kind of destroying those things. Hmm. Um, so as far as, as far as like that type of evolution, I think that's happened, but the science and stuff has also changed. Like, I mean, even when I was first certified, the information you're getting certified on is like 10 years old. So mm-hmm. it's like you always have to do your due diligence and like figure things out on your own in order to learn more. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely changed. Um, but I just feel like there's so many different ways to get healthy now. And there, there's always been those ways, but now I think people are more self-aware of like what's out there for them and they're finding things they can actually do rather than like being scared. So yeah. my, my friend sent me that article, uh, Mauricio, he actually, mm-hmm. he always like, uh, we just, we laugh at stuff like that. And, and sometimes you're like, is this a real article? Like you're over ex- It's so crazy. And it's if weird. you, yeah, you know, you kind of, you got me thinking generationally too, right? Cause I can think of looking at pictures of like my grandma, right. Mm-hmm. Or people, or if they have those photos that float around too, and it's got people from the beaches, in the whatever 60s and 70s and you look at the beach and people are lean and healthy or if you travel Mm -hmm. at all outside of the u.s you really start to notice that there's a a big difference in obesity Mm. in the u.s versus other countries so Mm -hmm. it is it's super interesting that there's this push for uh like just really people not being healthier like fighting fighting again like it's a battle versus for health here and that's it's weird very strange well i think part of that obviously is like money involved oh yeah um but the the funny thing too is like one of my clients she came from london and when she first visited here she was going to move to uh, florida and she was 
the first time she visited, she gained like 30 pounds in a month and couldn't figure out why. Wow. And this was just her without any supervision, just like coming, trying restaurants, doing the thing, you know, and she would cook, but the food is so wildly polluted here in comparison to, you know, they still have their processed foods there too, but the food is not like farm to table. It's, you know, you're not making food as much. And so she realized like, you know, there were like different things affecting your body and inflammatory wise, like she was just bloated all the time. And even in photos, you can tell like it was wild. And then when she came to me, I kind of like helped her learn how to cook, you know, from fresh foods and healthier foods and like go through the motion of like just focusing on nutrition. I don't even think she was working out really. And she, um, completely lost like the weight that she had gained when she visited the first time. She was like, it's so scary that you have to like really pay attention to the types of foods you're putting in your body rather than just eating what you would eat there and here buying the same box food. It's not the same. So, and they don't like, they don't tell you what's in the food. Like they might show you the ingredients, but like, you're not going to go research that stuff on your own (laughs) unless you really know what you're looking at. You don't know what to look for. So you're like putting who knows what, you know, poisons in your body. You just, (laughs) you're just not paying attention to it. Yeah, and why should we have to go research? The, <laughs> yeah. it should, the ingredients should be food. <laughs> that, it's definitely not. Half that, of it's like not food. No. Yeah. I had a, a friend of mine from Brazil visit, uh, and she's a nutritionist. And mm-hmm. we go to the grocery store, right? She's looking at the labels, and her one of her very first comments, how come everything has sugar in it? Mm-hmm. Like everything. Just added sugar, added citric acid. Um, you know, it's, when I think about, eating because I, I used to be super super somehow i had really good discipline with food not discipline in a lot of mm-hmm. other areas of life sure uh, in my <laughs> 20s but like when it came to food i was <clears throat> i actually was like men's health reading it when i was like 15 got mm-hmm. me stuck on okay i'm just gonna eat like chicken yeah. and protein shakes and eggs and that was like basically all i ate for years and felt totally fine yeah. and we didn't have like hunger and things like that. And then I started opening up more to like, oh, I'm going to have some chocolate. And I didn't start eating chocolate, chocolate and stuff like that until late 20s. And it totally changed my uh, relationship with food and also, you know, getting hungry more and things like that. Just eating more things definitely mm-hmm. threw me off in terms of wow. Well, yeah. And I think hormonally you just change like so many different aspects of your chemical makeup when you start eating things that are processed because like plastics and like the types Mm. of even like the types of Tupperware you use makes a difference. So it is really interesting. Like if I go, Oh, you know, today I'm training really hard. I'm going to need like a little bit of spike in my insulin or whatever to help, you know, absorb protein better at the end, my workout, I'll go get something. And this is just me finding an excuse. You know, I know I'm not supposed to eat it, (laughs) but like occasionally I'll do that. And then you'd get this crash like two to three hours in and people wonder why they're tired all the time. Yeah. Well, it's the food you're eating. It's, it's manipulating your entire immune system and your hormones. So yeah, people are going to be more stressed and have those dips in energy. And then they just eat the same thing again, thinking that it helps. And it's like, <laughs> you know, just makes it worse. Yeah. And there's always been, for as long as I can remember, there's been some kind <laughs> of a, a, we'll call it diet fad or nutritional fad, whether it was, you know, uh, I mean, the what's that one that they attend, like the Mediterranean? I'm trying to think of back even like early 2000s, but there's always been something, and they've just it's changed the name over time, right? The bacon diet, 
Yeah, Atkins like changed Atkins, to keto. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. People forgot about Atkins. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not they're not bad, but I mean, every diet has a purpose and keto mm-hmm. keto from what I understood as this might be wrong um was actually created for people with epilepsy. Hmm. So if you don't have epilepsy, you shouldn't be doing keto because you're removing like an entire macronutrient from your diet. You do need carbohydrates. Yeah. You can limit your carbohydrates or have different types of carbohydrates, but you shouldn't be eliminating an entire macronutrient from your body when if you're going to reintroduce it at some point, you're going to have resistance and you're not going to be able to like really use it the same. Yeah. I cut out milk <laughs> years ago mm-hmm. and, you know, went from like milk makes you strong to, you know, milk is not good for you. And then, I mean questionably yeah some of the milk you find on the shelves yeah but when i started i started drinking goat's milk in the last couple months Mm. and at first my body i could tell it liked it but at the same time it was like what's going on here because it's been so long (laughs) and the more i started drinking it the more it's just it feels Mm. so good but it's like interesting raw goat's milk and i was reading some research about milk being the most hydrating substance that we have that is really interesting. I've never heard it. Yeah, it's I'm curious. And you know, it could be just the people that run the milk company <laughs> paid someone for new research. They're like, hey, we need to figure this out. <laughs> that's exactly how avocados became a superfood. That's how you know a lot mm-hmm. of the uh, the research is totally driven again financially mm-hmm. by companies paying research institutions to prove a point so they can use it for marketing. So. That's a good point. Yeah, I grew up on like whole milk, like vitamin D, whole milk and sugary cereals because my parents didn't know any better. Yeah. But like if I I would go to kindergarten, I remember I would literally go to kindergarten with a thermos of (laughs) whole milk, like a whole milk. And that was the that was the first time I said a cuss word was kindergarten because off topic. Um, my mom gave me a nonfat like skim milk one day Uh and I came out and she was like, poor thing was like sitting with all the moms and you could just tell the difference. If you're like, if you grow up on vitamin D and then all of a sudden you get nonfat, it's just complete. It tastes like water. Yeah. So I came up to her and I was like, don't ever give this. I was sassy. I was like, don't ever give this to me again. It tastes like crap. And she was so appalled in front of everyone. And that was the first time I'd ever dropped, like, any type of, like, bad word. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so funny. I just remember that. And then I haven't, like, I think I stopped drinking animal milk, like, probably, I don't know, maybe six years ago. Just yeah. unconsciously stopped. I didn't even do it for a reason. I just didn't. That and was... then, yeah, I don't even, I mean, but I have, I eat cottage cheese and stuff. So I don't have an intolerance, but I, I don't even know, like, what would happen if I drank regular milk. Yeah, it's... It tastes good, yeah. by the way. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I've been having so much fun adding goat's milk to coffee. And, it, hmm. you know, it's easy to get stuck reading things and then thinking, like, this is the way to do it because mm-hmm. this expert said so or this said that. At the end of the day, I think if we overconsume certain information, we can also kind of trap ourselves yeah. and, and our bodies seem pretty smart if we're actually able to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll tell us what the, what it wants most of the time. As long as it's not like, oh, I just ate a pound of the yellow cheese with all the stuff that gets you addicted, so my body wants more of that. Yeah. So you have to be yeah, aware. Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> Tastes good. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I mean, I was vegan for like three years at one point, and um, it's really funny when you start reading up on like, oh, almond milk is better for the environment, all that. Uh, actually, it's like 
one of the worst because the amount of water they have to use. So I, I, I can't remember what movie it was that I was watching. I think it was that new movie, uh, Mother with Jennifer Lopez in it that came out on Netflix or something. But okay. essentially her and her daughter have to like run and they're hunting. They're like staying in this cabin trying to survive because they're just on the run for whatever reason. I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> but she's hunting and her daughter is like, you know, gen- the new generation conscious of what's going on. She's like, I can't eat that. She's like sobbing at the table. She's like, you hunted it. I can't eat anything with a face, like just oh crying. <laughs> and she was the, the way that it was written was really interesting because she was like, food is violence, no matter what it is. Yeah. And I was like, that's a good point because no matter where you get your food or how you get your food, even if it's almond milk, you're still like destroying and with soy fields, like you're destroying rainforest mm-hmm. and killing off like, you know, endangered species just to produce that crop. So really there's no like nonviolent way to consume. It's you're still consuming. And if you're eating almonds at all and they're from California, you are destroying a lot, (laughs) a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're stealing water from small towns. You are, you know, over, you're using 50 times. I don't know. I just made that number up, but yeah, some crazy amount, way more resources than you need to grow almonds in a place where they would actually grow instead of the middle of the desert. So it's, but it's that idea of, you know, our egos wanting Mm -hmm. to attach to something. And if it makes us feel good and like we're doing the right thing, it's really easy to make that part of your Mm -hmm. identity too. So, yeah, that's kind of, that's part of the reason, I mean, veganism works for some people, but part of the reason why I stopped was because not only was I having like being a nutritionist, I know how to pair foods and make hmm. proper proteins and things like that. So it wasn't like that I was doing it wrong, quote unquote, but it just didn't work for my body. Like I I would get dizzy spells. I would have high anxiety all the time. Like there were just a lack of essential aminos and protein. Like your body just can't absorb things sometimes. And for me, it just didn't work. <clears throat> and so on top of that, the <laughs> the culture that came with it was very extreme for me. And I <laughs> I don't like patronizing people because they do things the way that they do them because that's your life. Yeah. Um, and if it works for you, great. But the amount of blowback that I would get from like eating eggs once a month or like every now and again, I would post something and I would be like in these vegan groups and they'd be like, oh, I went on your Instagram from Facebook, went on your Instagram, found a post of eggs that you posted six months ago. So you're not a real vegan. You can't be a part of this group. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So I think it was like that. And if you like tell people they're doing something wrong, they're not going to follow you. They're not going to, they're not going to like attach to your belief because you guilt trip them into doing it. It's not going to work. That's not how that works. Dang. I've been doing it wrong. Damn it. Shucks. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually working on this article. There's a whole phenomenon, you know, it's it's almost like when you're a little kid, but we do it as adults too, when someone tells you you can't do that and you mm-hmm. like want to do it more. Yeah, they watch. Or they want you to do something and you want to do the opposite. You know, that's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, something that doesn't, like what do they call it? Psychological, uh, it's not revolt, revoltance, that's not the right word, but I've been, I've been reading and trying to mm-hmm. write a few things on it because I, I see it in business with people like in, with managers and things like that mm-hmm. and it's. It works for me. It's a form yeah. of negative reinforcement. <laughs> but if somebody tells me I can't do something or that I like, I'm like, okay, watch. Tell me I'm yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. Like it was like that. Uh, 
what's the guy? Why am I? Dana White posted like a thing, and he's like, he's like, doubt me, please, like, oh, let's yeah. go. <laughs> um, but that actually, that guy's awesome. Yeah, like, I love him. In terms of just his, he's a beast. He lets his, he lets his, all the people on his payroll can. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care what their opinion is. They can have an opinion. That's their right. Oh, that's cool. And then, you know, when the whole world was shut down, he was trying to figure out ways to do business and literally built an island to hold fights on, right, and fly people from all over the world. So he, he's like one that. of those, there's got to be a way to do it kind of people mm-hmm. and very open to, yeah. We have to be resourceful. You can't, yeah. if someone's going to tell you you can't operate things in a way that are going to, it's going to ruin your livelihood or other people's, you have to like make, you have to make it happen. And the people that don't, that's just why, that's just what ha- the failure comes after that. But for me, I've always been relatively resourceful in that sense. Like if I have a lot of adversity in my business or whatever, there's been times I want to give up. But if I'm like really getting pushed to not do something, that's usually when I have to push harder. And then I just figure it out. And it's like, it works out. But an example of that being told you can't do something. I joined this coaching program like during lockdown and it was like I had been watching them for a while, kind of like keeping an eye on like what they actually do. And um, I got had a call with one of the sales coaches because, of course, he's trying to sign me. And finally, I was like, let's just like I know the whole thing. Like, let's just catch the chase. How expensive is it? And he just threw a random number at me, which was not it was actually way more expensive. He just mm. like threw a random number just to see how I react. And at the time, I was, like, really broke because, you know, the whole thing, I was just, like, losing all my clients. A lot of my clients got laid off. So this was, like, okay, I need to invest in myself in order to make this happen type of thing. And he told me the number, and I was, like, oh, I don't have that. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, if I give you that right now, I'm going to be screwed, you know? So he, like, looked at me and was, like, all right, cool. Well, you're not going to be able to make X amount of money without me, so just keep doing what you're doing. I was, like, all right, cool. Bet. <laughs> Bet. So uh, I went and made twice as much as he said that he that I couldn't do on my own. Mm-hmm. And this was like probably two months after. And then I came back and had another call with him. And I think I joined out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> I joined out of spite. Wow. Like I was like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. And it was That's hysterical. Crazy. I was like, okay, you know what? Like you're going to tell me it. And I was like, okay, if I can do this much on my own, yeah. what can I do with this program? Yeah. So then I signed up again, but it was, it was hysterical. Like he was just like, you really like, I was like, no, I seriously, I don't like being told I can't do. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't. Okay. Are you sure about that? Let me go, let me go try this <laughs> real fast. <laughs> yeah. So that, that works for me, but it sucks when it's had, when someone tells you you can't do something or incapable, it's like a shot to the heart. You're like, really? <laughs> like mm. you really think I'm not? Yeah. I've, you know, I feel like, uh, like, growing up and trying to figure out who to have around you, right? Mm -hmm. Like good people and people that are a little more skeptical is I went through this phase where it was like, you know, my grandma was always in my corner, but Mm -hmm. really not many other people were, right? Just didn't have the right people around me Mm -hmm. for a long time. But then it got to a point where you start crafting your friend group Mm -hmm. and you start realizing like, this is what a good person is. Like they'll hit you with the truth, but they'll also believe in you and support you. So when they ask questions, it's not doubting. It's like helping you work through it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I got into a little bubble where 
for a while, no matter what I wanted to do, everybody was like, oh, yeah, you'll crush like, it. So like, much positivity. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I kind of, I would You're like guys, some can you more. Please? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, thanks for all the faith. Right. But also give me a little bit more like, where's the reality in that? So it's, you, it's a. That's hard too. And that's the, I wouldn't say it's toxic positivity. Cause I think that there's good, <laughs> there's good, uh, intention behind being that way. Cause you do yeah. want to see people happy and succeed. But at the same time, like when someone has an unrealistic goal or they're just not like putting their feet on the ground or something, you kind of have to be like, Hey, like what, why do you want to do this? Like start asking questions. I would never say something negative to somebody if I didn't like what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I would just ask them questions so that yeah. they would decide like if that's really what they were supposed to be doing. What do you think about this? Or how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. Right? Instead of being like patronizing and being like, nah, that's not going to work out. Cause that sucks when somebody <laughs> says that to you. Yeah. But yeah, that's at least you have that. Cause a lot of people don't have that too. It's, so. it is unfortunate. Sometimes you got to be that person for those people, right? Mm-hmm. So that they, like, I, I imagine that I picked up on it because I saw that there were people like that. And I'm like, wait, this person's really cool. Yeah. Like, how do I find more people like this that I want to be around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, the, I had the opposite. I think I had, growing up, like, I had, um, my parents were in my life, but I became a third parent. Mm. And so I didn't have, like, the embrace of, like, the masculine telling me everything's going to be okay. So I kind of, like, had to play both roles growing up. Mm -hmm. And then I just attracted that into, like, my future relationships. I was like, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't need you to tell me it's going to be okay. I don't need your support. And then it just becomes, like, a negative environment at that point. Because you're just, like, not real. You're not, like, really being honest with yourself about where you are in things. And you're just kind of, like subconsciously passing through your work mm-hmm. so that can happen too um but i kind of built that into my business like because i didn't i didn't have family when i moved down here like they're all up in northern california and i didn't really have like a safety net either so i was like how do i <laughs> i was like how do i like get a community of people that i can really rely on and i think building that into my clientele like some of my clients and i hang out outside of training like we have a community of girls, we do hikes and stuff together. So it's like now it's different. It's not just, oh, let me count your reps and see you later. Like we actually all talk to each other all the time. So I think that's kind of cool because that kind of builds like a different level of relationships within your business. You should always have separate from that too, <laughs> which because that can go real south real fast if you do it wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's why I I think I subconsciously did that when I came down here. I was like, oh, let me just like divulge all of my weaknesses to my clients and then they feel comfortable doing it for me. So that's how I like have seen success in that regard. I feel like, you know, two things, San Diego, uh, one on its own is just has a, a lot of people that are very entrepreneurial and Mm kind of have this more relaxed approach to life. And so you can find people that, you know, want to be like, yeah, you know, you're a cheerleader in your corner and then the fitness community specifically, Mm -hmm. And the fitness community in San Diego is an extra layer. This is the really, you know, people think of Southern California as the mecca for the fitness industry and health. And it's not wrong. Yeah. It's, and it's actually smaller than people think like it's big, but like somehow (laughs) somebody's web touches someone else's web and we all like know somebody who knows somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy how like everyone just kind of connects to each other in some sense. That's super wild. But gradually they have like increased, um, like from bikini to bodybuilding, female on the female aspect, 
they look completely different. Bikinis like really slender, very, very lean, but still feminine and like very dainty posing, kind of cute. Where bodybuilding is like full blown, you know, tons of muscle mass, more of the masculine, um, feminine like blend. But she didn't fit into either figure, which is like a middle ground, or bodybuilding. She fit in her own category. <laughs> so wow. she was so different mm. that they created like a whole entire category just for her. And she was the first one to win that category. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, so. Because there, there are a few people competing <laughs> with her, but like if now it's like its weird. own thing. Yeah. Wow. So you know what it's called or physique. Oh, just okay. Yeah. Huh. So now there's women's physique. And like she, wow. I don't even know what category would she would. If she went back to competing, I don't know where she would fit because she's even evolved even more now. But it's really interesting that somebody can be like constantly told no because like, oh, you have short hair or, oh, you can't do bikini because you're not like the thing with bikini is you're feminine. You have long hair. You have like, hmm. yeah, it's very like you have to have a certain aesthetic and X frame with your body taper and everything. But with her, like she was constantly told no or losing coming in dead last all of her shows because she didn't fit any of the categories no matter what division she competed in wow. but she still kept going and then they created like a whole another division and she crushed it that's a cool that's a <laughs> so, really cool story yeah so yeah so it's like sometimes like yeah you don't fit the norm for a reason because you're not supposed to so for me that i was kind of similar in the sense that i would just work out and not have like a a reason to work out and then when i saw her trying like crossfit or doing new things that put her out of her like comfort space i was like oh i can do that and then so i started trying new stuff and just kind of figured out what i liked huh. and now i'm never gonna i'm probably not gonna compete anymore like i'm good <laughs> okay how many times have you competed twice um the first show was like nine years ago um it was totally different like back then you can just be tan and like blonde and go and kind mm -hmm. of pose and be cute and go on stage now like pretty much everyone is on steroids <laughs> like literally at the national level like everyone is on steroids like wow. there are natural competitors but it's very very difficult and it takes years to build mature muscle to be able to get to that point yeah and <clears throat> like if i were to do it again i would probably need to run like test and trend as a female in my division That's crazy. and i'm just not willing to do that like my reproductive health and my mental health just suffered the last time I did a show and I'm just not willing to do it again. Even on the, because they used to have it separate. Like it was the, they had natural categories, but now natural, they don't, they don't test or anything. Or? So natural shows they do, but unfortunately people don't watch natural athletes, Yeah, you know? So it's like, if, <laughs> for me, I'm like an all or nothing mentality. Like if I'm going to go and I want to win a show and I want to perform at a level that I'm going to have recognition and be able to get paid doing it. Mm -hmm. I want to go all the way. And unfortunately the industry now for IFBB pro is people who run tons of gear. And I'm like, that wouldn't even be worth it to me because it's just the clout at that point, you know? And it's like, I would rather be able to move and like feel athletic and be healthier on the inside than just be aesthetically pleasing and not be able to perform. Yeah. I have a, a friend that, um, competes, and he's a younger dude, you know, maybe mid twenties or so. Mm -hmm. And we, we talked about this, uh, kind of offline a, a year ago. And he was like, I'm at that point where if I like, he's competed, he's done really mm -hmm. well. He's a just giant, you know, natural Greek God kind of awesome. physique going on. Mm -hmm. 
but he's like, if I want to go to the next level, yeah. I've got to do that. And I said, man, you're, you're young, like kind of things you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, once you do that stuff, your body's different. You know, mm-hmm. if you want kids someday, you got to think about those things. Yep. So it's wild. Although I, I do, there's a part of me, there's a comedian that had really funny, maybe you'll know who this was, but I, I, it'll come to mind. He used to make these jokes about uh, athletes, mm-hmm. even like Dane Cook or someone. He's like, I want my athletes like dunking the ball from half court. Like if they want to take steroids, <laughs> yeah. let them, right? Yeah. Like it's their, it's Fine. their sport. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we're paying them to perform. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why not make it great? <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just the, it's the willing, it's, you have to like weigh the consequences of doing them. And like, I already have funny, um, I got, um, the vid in the middle of 2020 when all the stuff was going on and now I have an arrhythmia. So any type of growth hormone or anything that increases muscle mass can also increase issues that you already have in your body. So if people are like, just do HGH, it's fine. But if you have like anything cancer wise that you don't know about or anything growing like inflammatory in your body at all, your heart's a muscle too, it'll make it worse. So it can help certain things like growth hormone you know, people lack it and it can help heal things. But with something like an arrhythmia, I just don't, don't feel like taking the risk. It just doesn't seem you only get one heart, you know? <laughs> so it's like, do you know much about, uh, peptides like BPC mm-hmm. 157 mm-hmm. and some of those things? Yeah. I've thought about it. Yeah. I feel like that would be the safer route. <laughs> if anything, it seems, I mean, I, I had a, like I'm pretty much like I didn't even take vitamins for a long time because I was very like I'm just going like meat, food, like that's all my body needs. Yeah. Um Love that. when you train a lot though, I have obviously you saw with my little zinc and yeah. collagen peptide stuff like that. I've got way more back into it going, okay, mm-hmm. I've gotta get extra fuel for my body because my lifestyle's not normal, so the meat and vegetables just doesn't cut mm-hmm. it at this point. But uh when I I tore my ACL in 2020 october 2020 and i opted not to have surgery mm-hmm. and i use peptides and a really crazy rehab routine mm-hmm. why that thing's sitting over there Love too it. it's part of it um but it was really phenomenal and then also uh yeah the vid as you called it like that's yeah it's a new one um when i when i got it 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 did hit me pretty hard in a sense of like even walking i'm like okay yeah i'm a like i'm in really good shape why is walking down the street tiring me out and I did more research and found all this stuff uh, specifically on the BPC-157, but there's some other peptides too in terms of regenerating yeah. cardiovascular health. I swear it was a game changer. Yeah, I'll look into it too because yeah. I definitely, I don't notice my arrhythmia anymore. Um, I was also vegan when that happened and it got better when I started eating meat again, which was wild. Super. Yeah, I did the vegan thing. Like I was dating someone and she was appalled that I would have steak Same. for breakfast. <laughs> And I was like, I'll try. I'm like, I'll try anything. So let's do. Yeah. I was like, oh, you want to be vegan? Okay. And she, she was extreme, like raw vegan. Yeah. Like what were those? I was like pulling jackfruits out of Whole Foods. You that know, is a, that is an adventure. Jackfruits. It, adventure. Is, it was like a three hour thing. I had to, to throw away a knife. That. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, those are that crazy. glue that comes off of it when you're like cutting oh, it. It just would not come off. I don't remember what we did. It was, that was our deal. <clears throat> if she, <clears throat> excuse me. 
the deal was, uh, you know, like, hey, I'll do this as long as, since she was already doing yeah. it, like, you do a lot of the cooking. and There you go. But after, and people say, oh, you just got to push through that. It's your body adjusting. I'm like, nah, I know my body and I'm, I'm dying right no. now. Like, it was like three not, years of it. And I'm like, yeah. this is not the business. I don't think I can hang. Yeah. And then I, I started, when I went through prep, because I went through, I did the show, the last show last year. And I needed protein. So I just started eating fish again. But then the fish that your coach is giving you is typically tilapia, which is horrible. So it's when you're like dousing yourself with microplastics like for 12 Mm. weeks. And so I would would get sick all the time. My immune system was shot. I was training really hard. And then my joints started to have problems. I started having Achilles problems. Once your Achilles goes, you're like, you're screwed because you can just tear it again. So like it's just if you're not getting like the adequate nutrition, it affects like everything yeah including your mental health like it's crazy yeah you you said something about like uh anxiety it made me think of you know once i got back just eating whatever the heck i don't say whatever i wanted but (laughs) even things like like i'm gonna have some like i drink a lot of goat's milk lately it's crazy but I've is noticed, that that is that that like oh you can't have it so now you're like oh well now i'm gonna have it <laughs> i think maybe cause maybe for myself though because i'm like oh milk is bad for you because of all these papers that i read and yeah. everybody says and it's like well some milk for sure depending on where you get it but if you go to the farmer's market or you yeah if you're getting it fresh like yeah it's fine and so i just my body just really i might uh, have to try it out loves it but i i might have an extra one for you to take <laughs> home i think there's like three in there yeah okay but it's All like right. i've i have noticed like i i did you know intermittent fasting for a long time mm-hmm. which i really really like from a mental aspect i actually aspect. like that too mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm i don't think doing it f- for me what i realized like doing it every day for long periods of time is not the jam mm-hmm. because i have found that my nervous system is way more relaxed when I'm eating breakfast, but I'm eating wild caught salmon for breakfast, Yeah, you know, but it is, uh, it's, it's just different. It depends. I think it depends on what you want out of your day, right? Are you going for mental performance, athletic performance? Mm-hmm. You know, are you trying to relax? I think food has an impact on all of that. Oh, for sure. And if you start your day with fat too, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Like the omegas and everything brain wise, like you're going to be more cognitively like, aware um and a lot of people don't start their day with fats they or protein so to speak they just go straight into the carbs and i if i have carbs in the morning like i'm crashing by like two o'clock breakfast pastries yeah Yeah, i know they're so good i'm a sucker for them too Uh, (laughs) but yeah it's the having the healthy fat in the morning definitely makes a difference yeah yeah, breakfast pastries baked goods i haven't had one in a while that's why i said that it's like i've been thinking about those I used to, I don't, I even canceled my Costco membership because I realized all I'm doing is just eating like crap when I go to Costco. Yeah. But, uh, the, those bright Danishes with like the fruit in the middle. The, yeah. I mm-hmm. used to the eat. The cheese Danish like, thing. Oh yeah. I used to eat like yeah. three or four of those at a time. Yeah. I can't. They're, no, I, I have Once I get going, I'm like, it's no, it's, so cause it's, it's, it's sugar. It's so I addicting. Know. And then there's also fat in it too. So of course you're going to like want more of it. But I, my, my weakness was. Uh, bread and sea in San Diego has, um, bear claws, but they call them almond croissants. So you're <laughs> okay. like, Oh, it's an almond croissant. It's not that bad. No, it is bad. The whole filling in the inside is like ground up almonds mm. with sugar and it's like sticky and then they bake it. So it like hardens on the outside, but it's soft in the middle. And so I would go to better buzz like every morning and I'm like, Oh, I have legs today. <laughs> so I'm like, I know it's going to be a hard day. I could have this and a protein shake. Yeah, no, that's not. 
Okay. That's not how that works. I, you know, I'm even a little bit skeptical now of maybe it's just like getting older. How old are you? 32. 32. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've noticed for me the last few years specifically, and maybe it was just how much like chaos the viruses and stuff do. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that those things are just, yeah. even if someone doesn't notice, like there are, it's, they were designed. I mean, this one specifically was designed to just like wreck your body. And yeah. I, I noticed mm-hmm. some big changes. What, what um, changes for you? that were noticeable one is uh well i'm not eating fruit right now and i've had a ton of tests i so i training mm-hmm. uh jujitsu and stuff mm-hmm. my skin um and i used to have it like a little bit before but it was never that like it wasn't a big deal mm-hmm. and now if, if i trained a lot this is why i have zinco and i'll get to that too mm-hmm. um my skin will it's almost like an allergic reaction or something the the dermatologist would call it folliculitis where it gets these like little red bumps one of my other clients is having that right now she can't figure out where it's coming from get so uh i've saw many many doctors one doctor was like just take a bath with bleach in it once a week and i asked him i'm like isn't your skin like an organ will absorb it he's like i tell a lot of people to do it and i'm like oh then i'll just meet you in the cancer ward in six months got it so it's like okay yeah so so i've been on this quest right i've seen like naturopaths acupuncturists herbalists you know many many doctors for western medicine and nobody's really had an answer and i was on reddit i'm like okay i'm just gonna go to the internet and figure this out like i've been looking for two years because it it limited my training it would make it so i could train one day but i'd have to wait it would get bad two or three days Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like you know humid sweat and it didn't matter detergent didn't matter soap didn't change anything um if you were to see my bathroom before i started moving like i had two boxes that were just lotions and soaps because i have accumulated yeah you're like let me try all these things i have friends going on vacation and they're like oh i found this soap maybe this will work for you right because i've been (laughs) very open talking about it love it and then this guy on a on a reddit forum for jujitsu was like oh that used to happen to me he's in australia um just take zinc he's like i don't even think about it anymore i just started loading up on zinc and everything's good so i'm like all right reddit guy i took uh, kind of a, a what you would call a lot of zinc, like 900% of your daily dose, which you have mm-hmm. to be careful with zinc because it can, too much zinc can uh, compete with copper and iron uh, and I see. also cause, you know, if you take too much zinc, you can get headaches and nausea. You take it like, like once that. a couple of days or whatever. I'm, I'm taking a thousand percent of the daily recommended dose or more sometimes right fine. now. And I feel pretty fine. There are times where I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's a lot. Like if I'm not, I take it mostly like that on training days. If I'm not training, I'll cut back. But uh, it has been a game changer since last Sunday. So we from the day, this is the first time I've been able to get in. I got in somewhere around like 37 rounds of training. That's crazy. And my skin is totally fine. Whereas before, if I did more than two or three rounds in a day, I'd have to wait a couple of days. That's so strange. I wonder how he figured that out too. Yeah, I mean, he started taking stuff. Australia, like their, their <laughs> doctors might actually care about them. Yeah, they're like, don't ble- don't bathe in bleach. Maybe not do yeah. that. I feel like that would make it worse. <laughs> so I don't even know how we got down this 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 topic, but it's, I know it's fun though. It's different. Yeah, it's but it's uh, what were we talking about before though? In terms of, I think we were talking about the virus changing. Things. Oh, virus change. Yeah, so that's what you asked me. One of the things that changed mm-hmm. for me. So it was it was that, but <clears throat> part of this quest, like going to get blood work and. Not just like your, you know, basic cholesterol blood work, but like mm-hmm. some really deep dives with, uh, I mean, one thing we don't do in the U.S., which is really interesting, they do in a lot of other countries, are stool samples. Mm-hmm. So I did that, like I did all this stuff. All the things, yeah. And uh, what was pretty consistent 
was like staying away from fruit. And so I had some kind of the, and they, you know, they did one naturopath is like, well, it can totally change back. But she believed I had like an allergy to something, an underlying like autoimmune response. And so the first time I noticed was when I, I used to do like juice cleanses mm-hmm. and then I did one maybe a year, year and a half ago. And I was super dehydrated, massively tired for days and tanked. I'm like, this is not normally what happens. Huh. And uh, so that was like a big, and she said, now when I eat fruit and you, you learn what, what is a fruit and it isn't a fruit, like cucumbers, a fruit, pineapples, a cactus. Mm-hmm. So I can eat like pineapple and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the genetic effects of fruit cause my body to freak out and go oh you're- yeah it's an auto it's an immunity thing yeah so it's hmm. super wild so i have psoriasis so i'm curious like if t- if just taking zinc would help with that there you go i that's hope that's a good point yeah i have this little I don't know, is there like a red spot right there barely yeah so that if i part eat, of it if i eat fruit and garbage and certain things and like when you look at what has citric acid in it mm-hmm. so many things do yeah that's like my indicator of like you're eating like crap because it'll get bright red and it's almost like I a barely little even notice that psoriasis spot yeah like, what the heck is that yeah. it's like stop type of thing it's super crazy at least you know that it, that's what it is because i feel like a lot of people aren't willing to research what's causing problems and they just deal with them get a pill that causes <laughs> more problems yeah or- they get like a a steroid or something like prednisone in there that's usually what they give you when you go to the hospital for something inflammatory or like an allergy pill and then it just causes like other molecular issues in your body that's part of that (laughs) curtison you saw too is like an antihisto or anti antihistamine antihistamine i guess oh that's interesting yeah so yeah my allergies have been horrible the last week we have all these. I haven't had any milk though, so I don't think that's what it is. Goat's milk is the answer. <laughs> Go all in on the goat's Go milk. Go all in. Go yeah. all in. Yeah. Okay. So I'm have to check that out. Yeah, I'm a nerd on that stuff because I don't want to just end up with a, you know, even though I have a cupboard of vitamins right now, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can build your body to a certain point where you don't need them anymore, which mm-hmm. is nice. Like when you get your nutrients to a certain spot. I don't want to be the person that has 50 prescriptions no. and one's covering the other, you know, covering this and you get a new symptom because the last one you took. So I just, I feel like it's important to yeah. seek out the right answers. Well, I think that starts with training regularly too. Yeah. Like whatever you end up doing, whether it's cardio or lifting or jujitsu, if you're not active on a daily basis, like you're going to be older and on medication. That's just that's just the consequences of not being an active person. Um, like I have a client who's, I want to say 62 or 63. She came to me stroke survivor, pretty active already, but she just had a really random stroke and it's just, it runs in her family. And then, um, was on all these medications and she's been with me. I want to say six and a half years now. And she went and got her regular blood work and we don't even work on her nutrition. She's already like celiac and like focuses on like things that she can't have, but she like is on zero medication. Her blood work is perfect. Her blood blood pressure is perfect. And it's from six years of training three days a week. And, you know, of course you have off days or you take vacations, whatever, but she's still walking, you know, and it's, it's like, if you just do that at the baseline, like you'll want to start focusing on what you're eating. Cause then you're like, Oh, I'm putting all this work in, you know, you're not going to want to waste all of your time, you know, by eating like shit and just counteracting your work. So I think as long as people get that going, then they start worrying about what they're putting in their body. 
but you can't just like do it all at once all the time if you're new to it because <laughs> it just gets so overwhelming. So yeah, but yeah, the virus I felt like changed a few things for me too. Was that the only thing for you? Was the uh, there was a, a period where I was having a lot of nausea and things mm. like that. And then, uh, like a high level of candida, but mm-hmm. I, I think for the most part I've eliminated I that. that too. Yeah. yeah. That, that seemed really common the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I thought I just overdid it with kombucha, but <laughs> you're uh, like, uh, <laughs> gotta cut back on the booch. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine. I've had it three times knowingly now. So, okay. I didn't get it for the first two years, and I think it's because I had it in 2020, January, before they even announced what it was. And it was like the, it was literally, I had a huge party for New Year's and had like a bunch of people stay the night at my small apartment at the time because I didn't want people drinking and driving. And then the next like three days, I got hit with the worst Mm. flu slash whatever. Like my ex and I had no idea what it was. And we were bedridden. Like I, it was almost like being in a coma for like five days. Like I couldn't get up. I think I, I think we had soup or something like that. Like, that's all we could eat. So I lost a bunch of weight. That was cool. <laughs> I was like, all right. But it was just, it was just like not, you just didn't know what it was. And then a month or two later is when they announced what it was. And I was like, dang, I think we kind of had that. Like, the symptoms kind of went along with everything. And then in May is when I had started feeling better. Was Because I, I just didn't feel 100% to train. Like, I was really mm-hmm. trying to work out and I just, my workout sucked. Like I couldn't figure out what it was breathing. Everything was just not great. And so, um, I tried jump roping and I just went straight into like a hundred skips, just like went hard. Second I stopped, I had like the worst heart palpitations I've ever felt in my life. Like almost felt like flutters. Like my heartbeat just couldn't catch up type of thing. Hmm. And I was freaking out. And my ex was like, you're just being a hypochondriac. It's fine. Like, just go ahead. And I'm like, all right, I'll try again. And then I like started having a, a full panic attack. I was like, what is going on? Because it wouldn't stop. And then had to go and get the Holter monitor, the whole thing, which is like when they put that monitor on your chest for like 48 hours, basically you just kind of like see what your rhythm is, like a long-term EKG. Hmm. And so they were like, yeah, you have like a benign, most people have an arrhythmia and don't know, but because I was vegan and because of coming, it was like new, um, my body wasn't like operating at a level it should have been operating at. And when I was dehydrated, I could tell the difference too. So like everything would be worse, but like I couldn't go to a certain level with my heart rate and then just stop. Like hit would not work. I couldn't do hit. I couldn't train hard. Like I would have to do very slow movements, controlled movements. And it just like ruined my rhythm. Like every time I would spike my heart rate and try and stop, it would come down too fast. And then I would get this like palpitation attack thing. Wow. And, of course, that triggers anxiety because you're like, am I dying? What is happening to yeah. me right now? So that happened for, like, a year, and then I started eating fish again here and there, and it kind of helped. I was focused on hydration, and then it started to kind of go away. So now I don't really notice it. It's, like, every now and again I'll notice it. But um, I got COVID again last year in, I want to say, April. I had the flu first thought I was fine after that. So my ex got COVID and I was like, Oh, that had to be COVID. Like I'll take care of you. Nope. Jokes on me. I just had the flu. So then I got COVID a week later Mm. and then it got, it came back. Like the rhythm came back, but I had the nausea thing. Like it was different than the first time, but for like six months I would get nauseous out of nowhere. Like almost feel like I'm going to throw up. Like I don't have stomach issues or anything, Super weird. but you're just like walking or something. And you're like, Oh, like, what is that? Like, and I would never throw up. 
but I would feel like I was going to puke. It was the weirdest thing ever. It, yeah, it changed. Like, I used to be the person who was like, I can eat whatever I want. Like, I would eat mostly mm-hmm. healthy, but when it was time to, yeah. to have fun, yeah. like, I could eat the pizza with the Danish and the ice cream, and I would just, like, had this mentality, like, my stomach is iron. Like, I have good, good. stomach yeah. genetics, and now it's... It's super sketch. (laughs) We'll find out. I'm like, oh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yesterday I ate some really good food and even uh, like it's mostly gone. The zinc definitely helps, but I I notice it more for nutrition. Like when when I'm eating really dialed in like the, you know, in in essence, I find that it's a really good marker anyways, because when I'm doing things I'm supposed to, I don't notice it, but it has crept up a few times this year. like... Yeah, and today was actually one of them this morning. I'm like, man, like I haven't felt this in a, you know, I probably hadn't felt it in a couple months, but it was like it when I look at what I, what I ate last night, I'm like, oh, I was eating freaking, you know, Mexican food <laughs> at 11 p.m. My body's not used to that. Yeah, and I had, and like usually I'll strip off the salsa and things like that because of the whole fruit thing. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm like 100%. It's like, well, duh, that makes sense. So Dang it. Yeah. All the good stuff. I mean, you know, it's a good, it's, it, I, I do imagine it's, it's so interesting, you know, how disciplined I was with eating when I was like 19, 20, mm-hmm. you know, up to like 20, up until college, I decided to go to college at like 25 or something mm-hmm. like that or 24. And it was like the stress of college and then all that stuff started making me it. Yeah. You don't eat great when you're in college. Yeah. It was super, I, didn't. I, I did mostly, but mostly. I went on this like bulking thing i mean i have, I have pictures which really interesting of plates of food where it's like five waffles and i guess that's not super healthy but it's like <laughs> eight eggs five waffles a bowl of yogurt with bananas and raw oats it's not horrible yeah but, but it's uh but like all of that made it to where i'm like man how come i what would it take for me to be super happy just eating like chicken Smaller. and fish every day and not feeling like i'm craving or needing other things you know yeah, I think the meal frequency is a big thing. Like if you're eating a high protein option along with a carbohydrate, whether it's yeah. like rice or something, you know, vegetable wise, every four hours or so, you really are able to regulate your blood sugar. Hmm. Um, I know for me that works. Like if I, there's people that do OMAD and they're like one meal a day and they're fine. I personally can't do that because I'm, active from like my first clients at like five in the morning. Hmm. So there's no way, like if I went till 11 to start eating, I would just be like probably shaky and hypoglycemic and low energy. But I noticed when I time my meals, like three to four, and I I kind of know now I don't have to look at the clock. I'm like, okay, I kind of feel a sense of like hunger. It's more like intuitive eating at this point. Um, Then I'll have something again. But if I have like protein, like you're saying like eggs or salmon or something, rich like that that's nutrient dense then i don't feel the need to like eat crazy stuff i think that's like it's probably everybody right yeah if you're eating right you don't go like oh i'm hungry after this meal yeah it's when you have either you're depriving yourself too much and you're eating like way too caloric deficit restricted diet style then you're going to crave things because your your body's like starving because so what happens when people try and lose weight they eat a low calorie diet and then they work out on top of that so they're not even like giving their self enough to sustain like their normal energy levels. So then they crave things that they shouldn't have. And that's when the binge eating starts or they go out and, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't, I'm pretty flexible with my diet. I'm not, I don't eat like crap, but I'm pretty disciplined. And if I feel like I can have something like you did last night, I do that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't deprive myself of anything, 
But I know if I like if if I eat like that, if I'm like, oh yeah, I had bean and cheese burritos last night. I have to work out super hard the next day, or I'll go on a run or something. That's all it is. It's just yeah. like your savings account. If you don't have enough money in your account, yeah. or you know, you need to have like enough to be able to expend your. That's a really good way of putting it. But most people suck at their finances too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But conceptually, that's, that's pretty cool, right? Like no, I, you know, if you have if you have like enough in your account to sustain your energy levels, and then you're going out and you're working out. Yeah and then you deplete yourself, then yeah, you, you have to replenish. Hmm. But if you're like in the negative already, and then you, you know, go and work out, your workout's probably going to suck for one. And then two, now you're going to crave even more stuff because your body's like, I don't have, like it's in a starvation point at that point. That's when people start going for sugar and things like that because they need that energy. The workouts are money in the bank. That's true. It's a fact. That is pretty cool. I like this idea of a feeding window. I don't know why I like that term a whole mm-hmm. lot. It always makes me think like I'm an animal. Like if I'm going to do the intermittent fasting for whatever, 18 hours or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the number is, um, I'm like, Ooh, I get my, like, I'll do a feeding window. And I feel like it, it makes me think of this mm-hmm. like cow walking over to the trough and I'm like two hours time. Of eating. Ah, yeah. That's actually good too. Like you can, but you still have to get your, ad- your, all your calories in that time yeah. period too. Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, if you look at like biblical scripture and texts or just like really old stuff, it seemed like fasting was such a big part of their mm-hmm. cleansing. And now there's, you know, a ton of research talking about uh, your cells regenerating, your hormones balancing out, mm-hmm. like growth hormone going up, you know, injuries repairing. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's pretty like interesting. They had stuff figured out a while ago. Well, yeah. And, and or, I, think, I think they call it autophagy when your body has to go in and repair at a cellular level and go and eat like free radicals and things that are bad in there. And it actually helps for cancer patients too. Um, but in order to be in true autophagy, I think it has to be like an 18 hour fasting window. It can't be like the 16, eight split that everyone's trying to do. It has to be like pretty extreme Hmm. and you have to do it like regularly for your body to go like, Oh, like even a 24 hour fast, you can eat regularly all week. And then one day just decide that you're not going to eat. And it's hard. Not everyone should be able to do it, (laughs) but You know, especially if you're like a diabetic or something, obviously like console your doctors first. <laughs> but. I was I was doing it like Friday evenings, Saturday evenings for a while because I knew mm. if it was Saturday, like I could take a nap in the middle of the day or it didn't matter what my energy levels were. That's a good point. That video you mentioned when you first walked in, that was the day I was fasting and I'd like fallen asleep, woken up, felt like mentally really oh sharp because I had trained that morning. And I was just feeling like goofy and like ready to go. Yeah, and I was like, well, just, <laughs> you know, go for it. Yeah, that's that's cool. But I the like nap that. definitely like just gotta kind of go. With I don't it. think I've fasted that long. I think I it's a mental thing for sure. Too, you have to have some like mental fortitude to be able to go. Oh, I'm gonna push through that few hours where I don't eat, where you normally eat, and then it just increases. But for me, I think I just never was in a place to like be able to mentally like go. Oh, I'm good. I don't need to eat for a long period of time. Yeah, I would fast. I think I fasted for like eight hours. It's like the longest I've gone. I th- it's weird because I think I feel like my body. There's like it does weird things to your my my mind. My not my body, body mm-hmm. too. But the mind's like you're gonna die, and it's like, dude, I'm not gonna. You're like relax. Yeah, <laughs> and like I ate twelve hours ago. It's nothing's gonna. It's gonna be okay. You're freaking out. <laughs> you're like, wait. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, and it that does take some practice too. Yeah. That's a muscle for sure. What like really got you into just fitness, health, everything that you're doing? Um, that's a good question. Um, my, both of my parents were morbidly obese growing up. So 
being the oldest of the four of us kids, I didn't feel like I wanted to keep that cycle going. Like I, I, it wasn't anything like shame wise or felt like, you know, like, but most of my friends back then, parents were overweight. That was just the culture. I think it was just a generation before us. They were just, and they didn't know any better. They would feed their kids McDonald's. They'd be like, Oh, you did great today. You know, Mm -hmm. your grades are great. Let's go get Sundays. So there was like this food reward system that we all built in to our like childhood. And I started realizing really young that like, Oh, that's probably not the best (laughs) for any of us. Like, Oh, you guys did all your chores. Let's go to McDonald's and eat like horribly. So people carry that into their adult lives and they make like excuses or reward systems. from. I worked out really hard today. I can have this. Mm. And it's because we have that since we were kids. So, my dad had a heart attack at like 36. Wow. And I think I was like maybe 12 at the time and couldn't work. Like the whole family had to like, we were homeless at one point because he was caring. Like we had a traditional family growing up. Like my mom stayed home and didn't work. And then my dad would work 90 hour work weeks, like just to keep the, <laughs> the family going, which is not healthy. Um, yeah. So that was how that went. And I think he was just under a lot of stress, not taking care of himself on the road all the time. So you're eating fast food. And then finally he just had a heart attack. He's, I mean, he's still alive, but, um, couldn't work mentally. It was like a lot of shame that came with it. Oh, I can't support the family now. There's like a lot of resentment and all that. And it really like poured into the rest of the family. So I think for me, I was like, no, (laughs) like I'm not going to create those habits because that I don't want to be that. I don't want to, you know, almost die in my mid thirties because I decided to just work my ass off and not enjoy my life and eat horribly. Like that's just not didn't seem appealing. Um, and I just wanted to set the example for my younger siblings. So I started, I started, I think I started lifting at like 13. It was actually like an option for an elective at my middle school. Hmm. So I had always played sports. I was like in cheer really young and like did flag football with the boys and wrestled. So I was like, okay, I want to try weightlifting. And I, we didn't have no, I don't even think the PE teacher knew what we were doing. They were just like, all right, there's weights and row machines in this classroom. Yep. It was like a, it was literally a classroom and a portable and just like basic equipment. There wasn't really much. And then they were just like, all right, write your lift down. Like we would just like go through a routine. And I, I really don't think there was even a structure to the class at all. But I was like one, I was like maybe one of two females in the class. So it was kind of fun because I didn't have that like, positive masculine influence in my life because my dad was always gone working Mm -hmm. and then he was sick so it was like there wasn't like a i kind of like built like a friendship with all the guys in the class and it was like this fun like team thing Hmm. and so that was like the start of the weightlifting and then i kind of like started showing my friends all through high school they're like oh what are you doing you're working out and i was going to the gym at like 16 rock climbing gym and they're like why why can't you hang out i'm like i have a class they're like what they're like so confused, but I felt like so prideful. Like the fact that I was like, Oh, I'm with the adults, you know? (laughs) So I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm with the adults. And then it just kind of poured into like me helping friends and family. And then that's when my business started when I was like 20, not, it was unknowingly. I was like, Oh, I could do this for a living. I didn't know. And I've always done other stuff. I had like a retail job. I had managed bars. I was a bartender for a long time. So it's like, I've done other things to keep me stable. And that was like my fun thing. And then like over time I was like, oh, I can just do this. Like, why do I, why am I not just taking the leap, you know? So that's kind of how I got to where I'm at now, which is great. (laughs) I'm sure it'll evolve over time. Yeah. But it was all just out of fear, I think. I think I was just like, oh, I don't want to have that, you know? And my parents couldn't do, 
like normal stuff. Like they would go on field trips with us and my dad would get like winded walking up a hill or, you know, it's not, it's like kind of embarrassing almost. Like when you're a kid, you're like, oh yeah, my dad's super funny. He's like the class clown. All the kids loved him, but he couldn't like do physical activities. Like we couldn't go and, you know, we didn't go camping. We didn't go like hiking as kids. We didn't do any of like the stuff that like I would probably do with my kids because my, they were just weren't exposed to it and then they weren't capable. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh, now there's like other things out there, <laughs> you know, that you could do. So it's just interesting, but yeah, that's kind of where it all, where it all came from. It's pretty big. It, you know, yeah. uh, thanks for sharing that. And thank you. The, uh, you know, when I, there's this whole idea where people, we all make, uh, you know, we can call them excuses. A nicer way is like a justification, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but a lot of excuses, but stories we tell ourselves mm-hmm. where it's, I've got to do this or I've got to do that, you know, or I've got to, you know, whatever. And I got to be there for the kids. I've got to be there for the wife, husband, right. lover, you know, monkey, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and put physical health, you know, sort of further down the line. But hearing your story, it makes me think, you know, that one of my themes in life is when you take care of yourself in a really great way, you can just be there for other people more. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if I want the best version of myself to Mm -hmm. show up for the nieces and nephews, the sisters, the, you know, if I get married or whatever, that thing, Mm -hmm. like for that person, I know that I feel better emotionally. Mm -hmm. I think better. I have more energy. Mm -hmm. I can just be better for others when I'm taking care of my own health. Yeah, it's a fact for sure. Yeah. And it does like, I mean, plainly like my dad couldn't work. And so couldn't do basic things after that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, Oh, you really hit a wall. Now you can't do any of the things you like doing. (laughs) It's like, if you were just healthy, that you would eliminate a lot of that possibility of happening. Have you, have you influenced them with your work and lifestyle at all? Yeah, my mom and I are close. She uh, she works out. She's trying to get healthy. Um, she actually starting her own business now because I started mine. Okay. And I I'm like a first generation high school graduate. Like nobody in my family really like finished school. Yeah. Um, and then now that she's like wanting to start her own dog grooming business, I was just like, this is really cool that she's like doing all this because she's tired of working for other people. Like she changed jobs all the time, and she was like oh, wait, I can do this too. I'm like, yeah, you definitely can, you know? So she's like working towards that, which is really neat to see. My dad, unfortunately, my dad's just, poor guy's just like going through it. You know, he's he's just always been, he's stuck in that victim mentality and that's what happens when traumatic life experiences happen, like a heart attack. And some people just go, oh, this is this is my life now. Instead of like trying to find ways to make yourself healthier, he kind of just got stuck in that. Yeah, it's uh, like my family has a lot of similarities in the sense of, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that I made it through high school, sort of a phenom, and I was actually homeless and lived in shelters and stuff as mm-hmm. a kid and things like that. And uh, that it took me a while to figure out, you know, like how to how to talk to certain people in my family when I started making all those changes because mm-hmm. they carry this image of you at a certain point or, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, I love this concept of meet people where they're at, mm-hmm. right? Like you can try to encourage people or inspire them, but we have to make our own decisions. And so sometimes you just gotta, 
you know you can't change people they have to want to change and it's not like i don't give my dad shit anymore like i used to I would just like put him at arm's length with stuff and he would be like, Oh, this is happening. I'm like, dad, that was like 20 years ago. Like you got to do something about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you just got to like, let it go. Um, and finally I had like an epiphany where I was like, okay, like I don't have to be an, an asshole to him. Like I still have respect for him, but I need to let him know, like you're not, this is never going to change if you don't do something about it. And so the last time I saw him post, he was one of those people that posts everything about how he's feeling. And it was like a really, kind of like an attack on like everybody in his life. Like they're doing me wrong. This is going on. Like when you're like really in the shit and you feel like your life is falling apart, it's yeah. always everyone else's fault. Mm-hmm. Like for most people, you know? So I just like sent him a long message. I was like, this is not the truth. I was like, you have every power to like stop what's going on with you. Whether you cut these people off or not, that's your decision. But like stop being the victim. Like it's been a long time now. And he was like, you know, like gave me that like, (laughs) okay, it was kind of quiet for a while. And then he's like, kind of went off on a tangent and I just kept, I had to hold my ground and I was like, no, like, this isn't how it is. Like, you're seeing it so wrong. Like, if you just get out of your own head, you might be okay. But once you, once you've done that for so long, like 20 years to be able to be that way and think that you're the, you know, everything's against you, it's really hard to change your mindset. Yeah. But... There's a guy that I work with and we were uh, in a three-way conversation with somebody and they were they were in that type of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And he just said, well, good thing that's the past now. Or how do you put it? The, the phrase was so neat. It was so powerful. He's like, good, oh, good thing that's behind you. And the person oh, was good. just like silent. Yeah. And we were all silent and it was like, let it resonate for a minute. Uh-huh. And then we got to talk about now in the future i was like oh i, I totally stole like that a nail in the coffin type of thing it was you can't cool, say anything because they were talking about something from like last week or week before and it's like done dead and it's not a negative it's not a negative comment so you can't really be mad about somebody it's saying that just the truth <laughs> really right can't. good thing that's behind you now. that's a good point what got you into doing this uh what specifically all of it all, all of it <laughs> all uh, of it all of like uh podcasting or yeah podcasting jujitsu health Oh, you can start wherever you want. <laughs> yeah. The podcasting thing is just fun. Like it I love, fun. so you like this? Yeah. Cool. It's good. I'm glad. Um, that's why I just like, I like interesting people Yeah. and being able to mm-hmm. tune out everything mm-hmm. and just like sit down. I don't know. I feel like as a teenager, uh, you just have all this like time, right? And when you're hanging out mm-hmm. with friends, like you have these really cool conversations figuring out life and it seemed like for me that that died off at a certain point in terms of it would be like all work or all this Mm -hmm. or when you're decompressing so um i think people are really fascinating and just getting to to like sit down with people and and talk is phenomenal there's there's been there have been people on the show where like afterwards this one guy i don't want to go too specific because it's more private but you know came on and shared in essence some of his his life's work and afterwards he's like i've never thought about some of those things when you asked me questions and he was like this was very cathartic right here's a guy mm-hmm. who's like capstoning his life's work that's so cool. i don't know it's just fun yeah that's awesome yeah that's a good point too i feel like uh the journaling helps finding those things out too <laughs> <laughs> yeah but 
I feel like life just moves so fast and sometimes you can't really like think about those things or revisit your past when you're talking to someone because you're just not you're just worried about what's in front of you or ahead of you you're not really thinking about like your why all the time Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's good to have people ask you those questions because you're like oh yeah that's why i'm doing what i'm doing you know so it's a good (laughs) reminder um but what about like with fitness and and jujitsu and stuff why did you get rolling literally (laughs) yeah i the fitness thing was uh you know it's a few things i've always had a lot of energy Mm-hmm. and like probably a, a pretty addictive personality in mm-hmm. a sense of like knowing I need to channel that energy into something. Mm-hmm. And so you can, you know, I think most Same. humans have it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, they either limit it or they, I like that you said pollute earlier. I'm probably going to use that in mm-hmm. terms of thinking about food. Um, but I just, I, I feel like it was always very calm in a sense, but had this like underlying, very aggressive energy. Mm-hmm. And I figured out that, and I got in a lot of fights growing up, mm-hmm. like so many, just from being the, I can relate like, to that. Like if there was like a group of people and there was some kind of chaos happening, apparently I just look like the guy that you should like target it all towards like, him. What the heck? Yeah. Cause I, I would like well, this one buddy I have and still talk, but not a whole lot, you know, he would be the one that's like loud mouth, like a, you know, verbally attacking, like mm-hmm. just a total ass. And there'd be, if yep. there were two or three guys or however many, he'd be the one doing all the talking and they would look at me and like... Because you're the calm target. I guess. It, it didn't... I mean, it really didn't work out for a lot of people. No, so sure. There was that, but, but it was like... So I just... Uh, the Like the working out, I feel like, has always just helped me like stay calm mm-hmm. and mentally focused. It seems very important, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of... I think... I don't know, maybe it's like a a guy thing. Maybe it's a person thing. I feel like you should want to be physically strong in a sense. Like mm-hmm. show me examples in life where being strong is not helpful. Yeah. Right. It would suck <laughs> to like not be able to pull your dog because you're like walking a dog or something. And <laughs> yeah. Or, Good you know, point. like just lifting a box. Like I just, mm-hmm. I just think it's, I think it's one of the most important things we get one you know, body as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And so I want to take care of it. I didn't always treat it right, but, uh, good point, mm-hmm. but it really was for whatever reason I grabbed this. I didn't read a lot growing up, but I grabbed this men's health and I read this, like one, I remember this one issue of men's health and it talked about like nitric oxide, mm-hmm. uh, like back when NO2 and those supplements were popular. It talked about like a certain way of eating and lifting and like, it just hit me. And I played a lot of like street basketball and stuff growing up. So I just, I always wanted to perform better and be better. And I feel like if you're not, if you're not like challenging and pushing yourself physically, you're really not performing the best you can. It definitely, yeah. And that's, thank you for sharing that too. I think that's like a point because it shows up in other areas of your life for sure. And like like there are people at the fair, for instance, if you go walk around the fair, <laughs> they have to sit down like every 10 minutes because they're out of breath yeah. or like can't do certain things because they're just tired. Freedom, right? It's freedom yeah. of choice to do the things that you want to do. Like I've never had to go, oh, there's been times where things have been scary. Like I've been invited like mm-hmm. rock climbing on the coast of the ocean and I don't have that particular skill set and I did fall into the ocean. But uh, But the fact that I didn't have to go, Am I physically capable of doing it? That's just never been a question because I've I've made that a priority. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, that's a cool way to put it. Freedom, freedom of freedom of choice. That's a good point for movement. Well, I think it's just showing up, like showing up for yourself, and that yeah. is like the basic level of showing up, like just going and being active at some point. And if you don't, if you can't do that for yourself, how yeah. do you expect to show up anywhere else regularly? I hope my I don't know if my family ever listened to this, but I'm putting on blast <laughs> a little bit. Uh, like I had some Same. come visit me in 2020, <laughs> right? Uh, I had some come visit me in 2020, and you know, this, this spot right here is super close to where the seals are at and everything. Mm-hmm. And so not even thinking about it. Cause it's like, it's probably a 1.3 mile. Actually, I mapped it out afterwards, but uh, yeah, you're like, like, wait, how far was that? Cause we get part of the way there. We're like, we're not even quite there. Usually it takes me 15 minutes to walk yeah. maybe. And, uh, the, the, I'm like totally trying to figure out how to say this without putting everybody on blast. Anyways, yeah. a couple of the adults in the family group <laughs> were melting before yeah. we even got there. That like, would be my parents Stopping for sure. to rest. And I just, like, I walk that daily as a yeah. short little, like, just to go check it out. Um, kids were fine, which was cool. Yeah. But I was like, holy shit, I would hate to be any age, really, whether it's yeah. 70 or 25 or 32 and not be able to just walk down to the ocean. Like, that's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I feel like that would be a lot of people in my family, too. Yeah. So it's probably a lot of that is mm-hmm. like getting examples. You know, you, you said something about fear motivating you earlier. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we have this big uh, narrative of like, you know, love is better than fear, but there mm-hmm. are things that fear is important for. And if it can drive you to do something mm-hmm. better, then I, I think that's good. I think that's where motivation stems from in the first place. Hmm. A lot of the time. Like, oh, no, I don't want to get that. It's like, I don't want to not have something or. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have this happen because I didn't do that. So I think that's kind of like a foundation thing too. There's a guy that is, he goes by Dom the hypnotist on Instagram, but he does a lot of mental performance. I mean, I did some work together and we talked about two kinds of goals Mm -hmm. and he called them uh, an away from goal, which I would call fear, right? Like fear pushes you away from a certain thing. Mm -hmm. But he says where a lot of people lose motivation is that only takes you so far. So you have to, mm. at some point, transition into a towards goal. Or like oh, a, that's a good point. Like the idea of loving something more mm-hmm. than you fear the other thing. And so... That's a good one. It can get you to that's sign up true. for the gym membership or do something, but what do you... like? Well, why can I actually use it? <laughs> why do you keep going, right? Yeah, what's yeah. going to really keep you going? If you, if you get far away from that thing, like, okay, in my current state, you know, working out for... 22 years straight through injuries and eating mostly yeah, right doing it. Yeah. so i'm not worried a lot i think about yeah. obesity so what's going to keep me going right so the fear part's gone it has to be the love of something else and maybe the in-between is like where comfort is yeah like okay you're not scared anymore so now you're comfortable because mm. you don't desire something coming out of it so now you're chilling in the I middle of that, that. <laughs> yeah what pushes me now is getting choked out by 19 year old beasts you're in like the gym. i gotta beat this guy right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want to get choked out the, there's a mm-hmm. girl named uh francesca patroli patrollo mm-hmm. um i think i follow her okay yeah. so she she's a really good example of of not falling into that victim mm-hmm. mentality she just was in a, a really awful yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I went and I visited. found out about that, and I shared because I, oh. uh, if it's an if it's somebody in my industry and something like that happens, I'm like, uh, share this right now. 
She's, I mean, yeah. she's so incredible. Like went to visit her in the hospital. This was a few days after uh, she had her, her foot amputated because of a motorcycle. It was a hit and run. And yeah, but she, even sitting there listening to her talk, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, oh, I can't believe this happened. It was, I'm very lucky. She actually said the words lucky. She said, I'm very lucky that they didn't have to uh, amputate above the knee. Yeah, like, I mean, if you it's wanna, a glass half full situation. That's so <laughs> that's crazy, yeah. right? I'm like, man, I don't know if I were in your position that, you know, that I could think like that. Yeah. But it's, it's a special kind of person for sure to be able to do that. Absolutely. And when you're in it, I feel like it's real. She probably was just like routine. It's a muscle for sure, like you were saying. She's probably just been so used to looking at things that way that when it happened, she was like, no, nah, I'm good. Super cool. And I remember even her posting like videos of her working out. I think she was like trying to work out while she, she was in the been, hospital yeah. bed. I'm like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> that is wild. Like most people would be like, I'm, uh, I'm done, you know? Yeah. Like for me, I probably, I, I definitely, I don't know if I would be looking at things that soon that way. Like in it, I, would, I think I would be a big baby about it. But um, like for her to be able to like, keep doing what she was doing and then i'm like that is insane that's and that's a true athlete if you ask me yeah she's a she's a bad it's wild so yeah cool is there anything how are you doing on time i'm good you good Sean. is there anything else that you wanted to like just dive into or i can't think of anything offhand okay well we can uh you want to give yourself some plugs in terms of your a little bit more about your coaching or where people can find you yeah, so I have um, the new thing is it's always been more fitness, but I have live more coaching, which is like my coaching business. And that's I mean, if you live anywhere like male, female, you can get the help you need that way. Um, but the new thing I have is this women's community. It's small group fitness inside of Boulevard Fitness in North Park, uh, more fitness. Um, and it's not just like training boot camp. It's we have like a community group chat. We do stuff outside of the gym. So I feel like a lot of uh, San Diego especially is very like, hey, let's go drink. Let's do this. Like it's very social. And I think it's really easy to attract the wrong type of people in your friend group because like you realize who your friends are when you start focusing on your health. Mm-hmm. And some people get judgmental. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that with some of the girls that have signed up, they signed up because they want to stop drinking as much. They come and they want to find supportive wow. women that want to do things other than go out and drink all the time. And they're close to 40. They want to, you know, get healthier. And so they come in my group and they find the women that are similar to them. So they don't feel judged for actually waking up at five in the morning and going working out or going on a hike on the weekends instead of going to bottomless mimosas every time. Some of them have the balance, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's really sad. Like some of the girls that joined, they were like, I'm getting like pushback from my own friends. They're telling me, Oh, you're doing 75 hard or you're doing this. Like what's wrong with you? Why are you, why are you not drinking? Or like one of the girls, her friends are at a bar in PB. It was three miles from her house. So she walked to the bar to go Mm -hmm. hang out with them. Didn't drink and then walked home. They're like, what you walked here? Like what's wrong with you? And I'm like, what? And when people do that, when people are like patronizing you, it's typically because they're jealous that they can't change. Yeah. Like they're so upset that they hate what, like they just are stuck essentially so they judge you for doing better with yourself and it's sad but like those usually aren't your friends that's kind of kind of sucks you know yeah 
part of me like feels a lot of compassion because I, I don't drink at all. It's mm-hmm. been a while. Like I just one day woke up yeah. and was like, no more. I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't. It wasn't like I had a hard party and something bad happened. It just like was You're weird. Just over it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it doesn't. But uh, I know when I when I first started doing that, you know, hanging out with people, it was this uh, constant like conversation and like, oh, come on. So I started, this was probably 10 years ago. Uh, if I went out, I would have a, a was it soda water with a lime. lime? I do the same thing. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. it killed the question, but it got to a point where it's the reason I have, I have compassion or, you know, when people get into that is because they, they feel there's like some kind of a, uh, not always, but a lot of times it's, they're doing, they don't know why they're doing it or they're not happy about something. Yeah. Right. So they're trying to project that mm-hmm. onto. Or they feel judged because they're drinking and you're not, even yeah. though it's not the case. Yeah. They're that, like, oh, I'm drinking, but you're not drinking, so I suck. And I'm oh. like, that's not the case. It's just the person just decided they're not drinking. That's really all yeah. that is. I don't even get, people don't really think, I get dick jokes a little bit here and there, but it's been yeah. so long that you're just almost like, everybody around me drinks in some capacity. Not all the time, yeah. but even last night I was like watching UFC fights. Somebody's like yeah. drinking, some people are, you know, smoking or whatever, but. Yeah, I'm like, I'm flexible, but like, I really am like I don't have a desire to do it all the time and when I do if I find myself like going out more I'm like wait why am I doing this Mm. and I'm like oh because I'm not actually handling some shit that I'm going through interesting so it's like I'm it's it's self-awareness first of all but a lot of people just don't want to look at themselves and it's hard so they just decide to keep it going and then they wonder why they're not changing and it's like well so I've kind of created that safe space safe space for women to come and they're like, Hey, if if you're drinking, that's fine. Just come to the boot camp too. It's fine. It's totally good. It's a good time. But we most of the girls have come because they're like wanting a different lifestyle and they can't find that friend group elsewhere. So yeah. That's super cool. Well, if I were a woman, I would totally come work out. It's a great time. In the group. <laughs> This is way off topic and I might have to edit this part out, but, uh, we were talking about competing earlier and like we mm-hmm. went in different directions, but do you know what's happening in the world of, uh, like competition with, with like the trans community? Um, I don't even <laughs> think, you know, what's crazy. I, I don't think it's even recognized that much. There might be like people at a non pro level doing it, Okay. but I haven't noticed anybody trans at a professional level doing Nobody's it. Nobody's like tried to sneak in there. The women's competition. I mean, there like are trans, there are trans competitors. Okay. Um, like I've seen female to male transition and they're taking a ton of hormones and they're, they're competing at a, a lower level, but they're physically, they just cannot get to wow. the muscle mass that a male gets to. I feel like we don't hear about that as much. The female to male transition. Yeah, so they're going to male, so they have their breasts removed, and then they take all the hormones, and then they're running gear. So they're competing at at that level, but they just anatomically cannot get that much muscle mass, no matter how many steroids you take. I've taken steroids before, and I still physically cannot... Like, I wouldn't want to get to that level of competition as a a female myself, but, like, I can't even imagine what you would need to do in order to change your entire anatomy, because they're... There, there's only so much you can do with posing and you have to have a certain X frame. You have to have a taper. You have to have like, you know, the certain aesthetic. And if you're not the gender that your you know body was born with, it's really hard to completely change your frame to be able to fit. I've had testosterone in my body since I was in the womb or whenever that starts to happen. I don't know when that happens really. Right. Yeah. When does that start? But but whenever that is, it's a lot longer than someone decided to get testosterone two years ago. Yeah. And the mature muscle has to happen over years, no matter how, I mean, even running the very minute amount of steroids that I ran, 
um, there, like I would have, I would have had to still work my ass off to be able to obtain any form of increase in size and even having an eight pound increase in size in 10 weeks, which is like insane. Mm-hmm. I still was like feminine. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's, it's such a, I don't even think people even try because it's so day and night with like normal athletics with normal athletics. You can, they, they're kind of saturated right now with that. And I think it's an interesting issue, but, um, with aesthetics, you can't change you physically like it's just not going to work i just don't see it happening yeah Yeah. performance wise maybe i found a really good way to pack on uh i don't know if it was muscle it's definitely weight i did creatine to create like i didn't i didn't really take any supplements and Mm -hmm. i loaded up on a ton of creatine and cheese quesadillas for like like eight (laughs) weeks straight it was super funny because i i knew it was just calories i I knew it was calories and reverse calories out and everybody at the gym was like dude what do you people thought i was taking something because it was just like i went from a normal eating regimen to i mean cheese cheese and steak quesadillas and i was just making them like i'd make like three four or five you know like giant ones but it was really crazy how fast the weight came on i mean i went from 165 to like 183 within you know less than eight weeks probably yeah the the thing with creatine is it pulls water too. Yeah. So it does like fill you. <laughs> so if you're drinking a lot of water, you're going to fill your muscle with tons of hydration, which is oh, yeah. what you want. And then the carbohydrates attached too. So it just makes you even more yeah. pumped. So you were probably just awesome. walking around like, yeah, look, that's oh, the best. It you was know? crazy. When I take creatine, it's wild. Like I can't even train as hard as I normally want to because the blood flow increase that you get with creatine is just insane. Like you get like more of a pump. Mm-hmm. So like I can't even like lift it muscular endurance wise. I can't even do as much like volume that I want to do, but I could lift heavier. So that's probably why you increase in size too. You're probably lifting heavier than you normally would. Yeah, I always found, I find my, cause I've done it a few times. Uh-huh. I found that like my, you know, there's like, there's a difference between strength and power. Mm-hmm. I always found like my power endurance went up. Like I would get those extra reps. Yeah, I can. Yeah. yeah. I think for maybe it just, for me, it just, the case of D is tank the cardio for sure. <laughs> You're like, on, I'm so slow right now. What's I mean, going it was, on? It was like 17 or 18 pounds really fast, That's a lot. but I noticed like, I'm like, Oh wow. Like cardio went to, I have crap. to write this down. Maybe this is like something that I added my plan. Yeah. <laughs> go make a steak quesadilla, take your creatine and then go train. It, it there works. you go. Fats before your workout are okay. But after it makes it really hard to absorb your protein because it takes longer to break down. Hmm. So you want to have, if you want fat, if you want to optimize your nutrition around your workout, you want to have like all macronutrients before and then afterwards just fat and carbohydrates or uh, protein and carbohydrates. You don't want fats after it's just, it takes too long to break down. So you end up missing your window usually. From a purely, uh, how your body feels and stomach feels, I don't recommend heavy portions of cheese right before jujitsu. <laughs> before jujitsu. Oh God. You're like rolling and like it's folding in half. Oh yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound So what would be so talking about the, the like seriously uh, instead of the jokes on the KC but but when it comes to so you're saying so what would be like a an example of what you're talking about in terms of nutrition before and after for fueling a workout? Um I like to spike my insulin a little bit before, which is probably not the best. But um like a complex carbohydrate, most people have like you know, toast with like, if you want to go the healthy route, like toast with peanut butter, if you can have gluten or Ezekiel is a little heavy for me. So I just don't even bother. Um, you can have like avocado, things like that. That's okay. 
Uh, but you definitely want a protein, whatever it is, and hmm. not don't eat it right before your workout because if you eat it right before, it's just not. Most people can't. I can eat like during my workout and be fine. Um, afterwards, you want to have whether it's a protein shake or um, like a, a, clean, a clean protein source like salmon. Salmon would be more difficult because the fat, but um, chicken, beef, lean beef or something, and then rice or like another complex carbohydrate. Banana afterwards is actually okay because it has um, some fructose in it. Mm-hmm. But you want you want a little bit of spike in your insulin hmm. with your protein afterwards. It helps. Okay. But you don't want to do like a donut or something. Some bodybuilders or powerlifters do that. They'll have like a bunch of sugar afterwards. Mm. And it's great. But like good luck in an hour trying to stay awake. Yeah. Not uh, great. There was a, in my like mid-20s, I had this idea. I'm like, I'm going to play football. And mm-hmm. so I used to go into a 24-hour fitness, and I would stop at this place called Adalberto's on the way. Oh, that's the business. Oh, yeah. They have so, it up in NorCal, too. Yeah, that's yes. where it was in NorCal. Yeah. So I would. they had this, like, red, I don't know if it was real or fake leather couch, like, right when you walked into the 24-hour fitness. This is in Sacramento. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, you know, people are coming to the gym to work out, lose weight, get healthy. Yeah. And I'm... I was like just purely on a, I've got to gain as much weight and strength as possible. So I'd have like five rolled tacos, guacamole, and I'm just chomping. It made people at the front desk love me. They're like, dude, it's so fun (laughs) looking at people's facial expressions. And it would be, you know, just like heavy leg day afterwards or whatever. But it feels like now that would not be the move. (laughs) Yeah. With your nausea and stuff. It's probably not. 24, 25. Totally Wait, are fun. you from there? Uh, I did live there for. I went to UC Davis and lived up in Sacramento for a while. I'm, I'm from Roseville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where'd you? Did you go to high school there? I uh, went to Oakmont. Yeah. And then went to Sierra College for a little bit. Yeah. Sac State for a little bit. Okay. And then moved to Vegas, which was weird. That but, is it. Yeah. Went to in, in, uh, Encina. Went uh-huh. to Encina. Got kicked out of there. Uh, then went to Del Campo. Del Campo. So familiar with that. American River transferred to UC Davis. Small world. Yeah. I feel like yeah. a lot of NorCal people end up here. <laughs> yeah. Why would you not? I mean, I know. yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I know a handful of people that moved down here from there. Yeah. It's been weird, like, seeing people from when I was 15 and they're like, oh, I just, yeah. You just cool. moved to San Diego. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cool. Super cool. Well, then uh, that's a wrap. We capped it off with uh, trans good. competition athletes. <laughs> it's all every podcast should. You know? I was trying to get some more out of you on that, but you did a good job of, <laughs> of navigating that. 